from Mark chapter 2, Mark chapter 2, and we're going to read verses 13 through 17. If you don't have your Bibles, uh, we will, uh, the words will come up on the screen. Mark chapter 2, uh, if you were to go uh, in the context before this, you would see that they were really struggling to know if Jesus can forgive sins. Sorry, I was just going to say, there is a children's church, so if you'd like uh, the children to go, um, children's church is back there, uh, and they'll go and uh, learn God's word there. So Mark uh, chapter 2, if we were to look at the context before that, we would see that the people are struggling with Jesus being the one who is able to forgive sins. Now we read of Jesus coming to uh, Levi, who was a tax collector. So Mark chapter 2, beginning at verse 13. Jesus went out again beside the sea. The whole crowd was coming to him, and he was teaching them. Then, passing by, he saw Levi, the son of Alphaeus, sitting at the toll booth, and he said to him, follow me. And he got up and followed him. While he was reclining at the table in Levi's house, many tax collectors and sinners were eating with Jesus and his disciples. For there were many who were following him. When the scribes who were Pharisees saw that he was eating with sinners and tax collectors, they asked his disciples, why does he eat with tax collectors and sinners? And when Jesus heard this, he said, or he told them, it is not those who are well who need a doctor, but those who are sick. I didn't come to call the righteous, but sinners. <laughs> as we've mentioned today, we celebrate God's goodness uh, and love as he calls his followers to be baptized. Interestingly, baptism is the first command that Jesus gives in a believer's life. Baptism is the first command that Jesus gives in a believer's life. In the Old Testament, we read of a coming new covenant. This coming new covenant would be the culmination of the, all the covenants of the old co in the Old Testament. Uh, and we read of this new covenant that they would know God, God would know them, and their sins would be forgiven. All those in the new covenant, all those who are followers of the Lord Jesus Christ have had their sins forgiven. And then in the New Testament, we read the one who would bring the new covenant, and that is Jesus. God would send his son so that we might know God. God would send his son, Jesus, so that our sins would be forgiven. So that when Jesus' earthly life is done and he is going to ascend into heaven, we read in the final chapter of the book of Matthew that Jesus calls his people to make disciples to make disciples. And he not only tells believers to make disciples, but he tells us how to make disciples. He says three things on how to make disciples. First of all, he says we're to go. We're to go and tell others the good news. We're to go and tell others our testimony, as testimonies will be shared uh, with you this morning. We're to tell of the work of grace we're to tell of the death and resurrection of Jesus Christ and one day return that all who put their faith in Jesus, repent of their sins, will be received, welcomed into the presence of God for now and for, or now and for eternity. So we are to go and tell the message. The second 
response of, or the, the second way that we make disciples is we baptize them. We go, we make disciples, and then we baptize disciples. We read something similar in Colossians chapter 2, verse 12, where we read, when you were buried with him in baptism, in which you were also raised with him through faith in the working of God who raised him from the dead. Baptism may be strange to you. In fact, this might be the first baptism that you have ever seen. So you might say, well, what is baptism? Baptism is telling the story of Christ and our story in Christ. Jesus came to live the perfect life we could not live. Jesus died. When we go underwater, we die, or we, we tell the story that Christ, we have died with Christ, and Christ has died for the forgiveness of sins. But we are not only dead, we have been raised with Christ. And being raised with Christ, not only are our sins forgiven, but we have life. We have life now. We are children of God. We are disciples. We are followers of Jesus Christ. We are dead and we are raised. And this is for new believers. Believers uh, who are in the new covenant, their sins are forgiven. They've been set free from the power of sin. And the first thing that they want to do when they're saved is to tell the story of Jesus in their life. I was dead in my sin. I needed someone to come and save me. Jesus died for me, and I rose with him, uh, as we read in Romans 6. And then following baptism, we teach disciples. Becomes part of the, the heart of a disciple of Christ to read God's word, uh, to hear about Jesus, to pray with God uh, through the name of Jesus by his spirit, uh, to be in fellowship with other believers as we learn how to uh, transfer, as, as Christ transforms our life into a more Christ-like shape. So that is all that takes place with baptism. Baptism is this story of Jesus. And then uh, after the baptism, it's this continuation of wanting to continue to follow Christ as his disciples, learning and being taught so that we can live in obedience to God. Before we watch the baptisms, we just want to uh, very quickly hear a, the testimony of a guy named Levi. Levi has a very interesting testimony, and much of what you will hear in the testimony of Levi, you will hear in the testimonies that follow uh, as they share how, how God has worked in their life. So the first thing that we learn about Levi is, uh, and the first part of his testimony is, Jesus saw Levi. Jesus noticed Levi. Now that might seem like a strange place to start, but it is actually um, a good definition of what grace is in our lives. Listen to what was happening in verse 13. Verse 13 says, Jesus went out again beside the sea. That wasn't unusual. Whole, the whole crowd was coming to him. That also wasn't unusual because often many people gathered around him and, and he was teaching them. Everything seemed uh, so normal at that point. But notice who wasn't in that crowd. Levi wasn't there. And we'll see in just a moment why that was. But we also have to take in, Jesus was surrounded by an entire crowd of people. He was going about his, it was like his normal daily life, and then we read, verse, verse 14 says, then, it's meant to capture our attention, then, passing by, he noticed, 
he saw Levi. He had so many things to do. He had so many people around him. And he notices a guy named Levi, and he knows every, or by all indications, he knows a lot about Levi, because Levi, the son of Alphaeus, he was sitting at a tax collector's booth. He was sitting at a tax collector's booth. Now, back in those days, what did you do when you uh, saw a tax collector booth? Right? You hid. You ran. You went the other way. Because tax collectors uh, were not popular people. Tax collectors were crooks. They were greedy. uh, And um, they, they profited on the backs of the poor. They lived with injustice and they were okay with that. Nobody wanted to be with them. But what did Jesus do when he saw Levi? We read this. Then passing by, he saw Levi, the son of Alphaeus, sitting at the toll booth, and he said to him, what would Jesus say to Levi? Levi, you come, you follow me. If you're a believer of the Lord Jesus Christ, those are remarkable words. Maybe over a period of time or a time in your life that you remember that you were sitting at the toll booth and you didn't expect Jesus to notice you. And Jesus is passing by because you hear him again and again. And then you hear the words, follow me. Jesus said to Matthew, or said to Levi, Levi, you come and follow me. You can imagine Levi telling this story, right? Uh, somebody's talking to Levi and um, Levi say, you know what? Jesus was teaching big crowd and you know what? He saw me. And then you're thinking in your head, well, Levi, he saw you. Not much happened after that. I'm quite sure of it. And then uh, you say to Levi, what were you doing, Levi? And so Levi's testimony is, I was sitting at the toll booth. I'm a tax collector. Um, So Jesus saw you, Levi, at your worst. And then you ask the question to Levi, Levi, what did Jesus do? What does Jesus do when he sees you at your worst? What does Jesus do when he sees Levi at his worst? He says to those who are at their worst, follow me. Jesus offers salvation to the least likely, and Jesus brings change. Here's our testimony. Jesus stopped, he saw, and he said, follow me. And you say, I am the least likely person for Jesus to say that to. That Jesus would say, become a disciple of Jesus Christ. When you listen to the testimonies, the testimonies you will hear will say, not in these precise words, but in these words, I am the least likely. I am the least likely. I now know Jesus has seen me at my worst, and he has called me to follow him. Jesus, this is grace, noticed, stopped, invited Levi to be his disciple. And if we think that's amazing, listen to verses 15 through 16. Jesus not only saw Levi, but Jesus ate with Levi. Now, we can get used to this, Jesus eating with sinners, but there's something absolutely remarkable about this. 
If you were to ask yourself this question, when you think of what being a disciple of Jesus is, what is the first thing that comes to your mind? And I, I think, and it's not wrong, because I think it, it, it kind of follows the Matthew 28, what we went through, make disciples by going, baptizing, and then teaching them to live in obedience to God. So I think one of the first things that we think of is, okay, after my baptism, I'm going to live a life of obedience. But Jesus' story in verses 15 and 16 tell us that there's something very important that goes alongside of obedience. You see, many people view the Christian life as just, okay, you're saved, and then you've got to do what God told you, otherwise you're going to continue to be angry with you. But notice what happens in verse 15. While he was reclining at the table in Levi's house, many tax collectors and sinners were eating with Jesus and his disciples, for there were many who were following him. Here is the surprising moment that takes place with these verses. Before obedience... Jesus delights to be with you. Jesus delighted to be with Levi and his friends. Do you ever think of that? Do you ever think that Christianity is, I'm failing and I'm not being obedient and I need to do better and be better? Or do you realize that after Levi was called by Jesus. The first story that we read is Jesus is hanging out with Levi and all his friends. Jesus delighted to be with Levi and his friends. Jesus came to be in relationship. And then notice verse 17, or verse 16. <laughs> when the scribes who were Pharisees saw that he was eating with sinners and tax collectors, they asked his disciples, why does he eat with tax collectors and sinners? I think that is the eternal question. Do you ever think Matthew and his friends were looking around and Jesus was there and they're asking the same question? <laughs> Why is Jesus hanging around with this crew? Why is Jesus eating with sinners and tax collectors? That's our testimony. Jesus, why did you see me? Why did you come over to me at my toll booth, at my worst? And Jesus, why did you sit down and have a meal with me and my friends? What are you doing with sinners and tax collectors? The eternal question is, Jesus, what are you doing with me? You know my heart. You know my wanderings. You know my sin. You know my darkness. You know how often I fall into temptation. You know I am not worthy of your love. You know I'm not worthy of others' love. You know um, the depth of of the places of darkness that I go, and yet Jesus is hanging out with me. Jesus is dining with me. Most precious, Jesus is with me. He's with me. And his promise at the very end of Matthew 28 is, he will not leave you. He will never forsake you. Jesus' love is secure. Jesus ate with Levi.
When we watch those who are being baptized, their testimony is, I am the least likely. But their testimony also includes that Jesus delighted in them after they were saved. They came to him, and now Jesus eats and dines with them. And then finally in verse 17, after that eternal question, now that the religious leaders didn't ask it that way, and Jesus will uh, show us how they meant it, it's not those who are well who need a doctor. Most people spend their lives saying, I'm okay. You go to a doctor, I'm okay. Don't worry about me. Here's what Jesus did. Jesus said, it's not those who are well who need a doctor, but those who are sick. If you're going to come to Christ, your first words will be, Jesus, I'm sick. I'm sick inside. I have a few days on this li- in this life, and then I will pass. Where will my eternity be? And we come before Jesus and say, Jesus, I'm sick. And Jesus says this, I didn't come to call the righteous, but sinners. Jesus says, I'm glad to hear you say you're sick. Because there's so many in churches today that try their righteousness and do the right thing and tell people to do the right thing and present their righteousness before God. And God says, that's just sick. That's sickness. You're sick. You need to know that it is an amazing thing that Jesus saw you. It's an amazing thing that Jesus welcomed you. It's an amazing thing that Jesus eats with you. And it is an amazing thing that Jesus would come, not for the healthy, not for the righteous, but for sinners. If you do not know the Lord Jesus Christ, if you've gone to church your entire life and you've depended on your religious exercises to bring you into the kingdom of God, then Jesus says, you're not well. You're not well. If you don't know who Jesus is and you say, I'd love to learn more about Jesus, Jesus is summarized, I mean, in a lot of ways, but this is a good place to start. You come before Jesus and say, Jesus, I carry my guilt, I carry my shame, I'm sick. And then you will hear Jesus say, follow me. Follow me, because Jesus has come to call sinners. And that's our testimony. Jesus has come to call sinners. Let's bow in a word of prayer. Father God, thank you that Jesus came to meet us at our worst. (laughs) Jesus came to meet us at our toll booth. Jesus came to meet us to welcome us and to give us, and to give us um, a sense of what it is to be with you, the reality of what it is to be with you. Father, we pray as there are those now who will share their testimony. Lord, may we hear your story through their story. In Jesus' name, amen.